If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up at Fade Route Podcast on IG, Fade Route Mail at gmail.com, or slide in our DMs at Twitter at Fade Route DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. Get at us in crowd. Welcome to the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. This week's episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am Z, and we got a jam-packed show for you. We're talking the NBA Finals. We're talking USA Basketball's inability to close out some teams that they should. And we're talking about Mystic Mac going down to Dustin Poirier. But first and foremost, we have a couple of little bits of breaking news today. Free agent cornerback Richard Sherman was arrested outside of his mother-in-law's house uh, on suspicion of burglary and domestic violence. Um, again, we don't want to speculate as to what was going on, but he was denied bail, which is something quizzical. Apparently, this is routine, but um, you have to wonder what's going on. Immediately, my first blush was... There's something else we don't know about if he was denied bail. So it, it is a very interesting story, and we'll definitely keep an eye on this one. Continuing with Law & Order Sports, Trevor Bauer's administrative leave has been extended an additional two weeks as Major League Baseball continues to do its due diligence in light of the sexual assault allegations against Mr. Bauer. I don't want to be... I don't want to be flippant about this, but the Mets definitely dodged a bullet with this guy, and I know I was a champion for him, but it's looking good that the Mets did not get him overall because there's a whole heaping lot of baggage that uh, comes along with him. And we thought it was just his uh, mercurial quirkiness, but apparently it is some other deals that we were unaware of. And... If it is consensual rough sex like Trevor Bauer was claiming, you got to be smarter than that. You definitely need to be smarter than that, considering the fact that we live in a society that we live in today, a over-litigious society, so it becomes he said, she said very quickly. And when thrown in the court of public opinion, you certainly can uh, can be thrown for a loop. 
And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes. Flight crew through and through the last QB in St. John's history. What's going on, D? How you doing? Yeah, doing great. Uh, fresh off the All-Star game. Looking forward to the show tonight. Uh, Trevor Bauer, I mean, it's unfortunate, right? I mean, I know you're saying that you're glad the Mets didn't sign him, but that's hindsight because you see what, you know, you see what's going on now. Well, of course I, it is. <laughs> I really think it's more that Major League Baseball is trying to do as much investigating as they can before they reinstate this guy. Uh, sounds like Roberts kind of knew this was coming anyway, and we don't know what his what his tenure with the team is going to be once the suspension is over. But we spoke about this uh, in passing the last couple of days. As a Major League Baseball player, as a professional athlete, as any entertainer or any star, you have to be careful in these situations. You know, what what you do in your personal life can quickly become something that is out there for everybody to see. And you just got to make smart decisions. And it, it just sounds like he made all the wrong moves here. No, definitely. And, uh, you know, like you said, you are in the public eye. You do need to be a little bit smarter than that. But um, you also, there's a little bit of glass, you know, um, throwing stones in a glass house. Because Trevor Bauer is always the first one to be out in front with an opinion. So uh, you've got to figure, even though these are serious allegations, and they are serious allegations, we do not take them lightly. But there has to be a little bit of you know, karma and a little bit of schadenfreude, especially from one uh, Mr. Rob Manfred, who also, uh, you know, broke a couple of news stories that we're going to discuss when we get to our all-star topics. But uh, as far as Sherman goes, you know, um, I'm going to I'm going to defer to you, Detective Stabler. Uh, What do you think about this? Yeah, kind of weird because he's he I think of him as one of the smarter players. And, you know, something something must have set him off for him to, you know, break into a house and be charged with burglary. Um, I'm really interested to see how this all falls, because if everybody knows, he actually doesn't have an agent. He's his own agent. So, you know, in other situations where you have like a Drew Rosenhaus or you have a, a Chow, they're out in front kind of going to bat for you, making phone calls, trying to get you out, and trying to set a good look for you in the in the public. He doesn't have that right now, and we're kind of all waiting to see what happens. Uh, I think this definitely hurts his chances of playing with the team this year, and uh, I, I like him as a player, so um, I'm really curious to see how it unfolds. Absolutely, and we do need to keep in mind that due process still needs to needs to go through its proper course before we cast any blame upon these guys. It's still in the investigative phase, but you know, you know how the public opinion is. It's very quick to condemn. So, you know, especially with athletes who are as opinionated as Trevor Bauer and Richard Sherman, I have to say in that regard, they are cut from the same cloth, but we're just going to see where this takes you. And absolutely correct about him not having an agent. This is one of those things that uh, will definitely hamper his negotiating power just from the simple fact that if he's going through the legal process, he may just decide to focus on the legal process rather than 
focus on trying to get himself a job. So it's one of those things that, I mean, it's understandable considering the situation he's in, but let's just say that neither one of these guys is going to be on the field, much less an all-star game in the near future. Right. It's time for the fade-in where we give a nod to the trending sports stories of the week. And, you know, speaking about the All-Star game, AL downs the NL for the uh, eighth straight year. Uh, What were your takeaways from the game? First and foremost, I checked out after the sixth inning because this game was so fucking boring. I'm over, I've been over the All-Star game for a very long time now. And uh, a couple of reasons why. Interleague play for one. It's we get to see the matchups that we want to see on a rotating basis. So if I wanted to see, you know, Jacob DeGrom versus Shohei Otani, I can get that in the regular season at some point. If I wanted to see Vladimir Guerrero against, you know, Corbin Burns, I just have to wait until the Brewers face the Blue Jays. So the bloom is off the rose a little bit, you know, regarding the All-Star game due to interleague play. Also, I mean, there are no stakes, really. So it's a great, you know, it's a great exhibition. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, it, it kind of is what it is. And it's just not much meat on the bone. Uh, as far as performances go, I know this was supposed to be the Shohei Otani show. And it was an entire show, an entire weekend dedicated to him. And we'll get to his performance in the Home Run Derby in the next segment. But an inning pitch, no strikeouts, no more runs, no walks. 0 for 2 at the plate. It was representative, but he didn't really do anything outstanding. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., your guy, showed up. He had a 468-foot bomb. So that was a plus. Um, as far as the locals go, Aaron Judge drew a walk. Tyrell Walker gave up a home run to Mike Zunino. This is my penance for slagging the guy last week, right? And I said, I said Tywan Walker should be on the team. And th- I'm taking that one personally. So I, I, he heard that we now know that Mike Zunino listens to this show. Because he was ready and waiting for it. As far as performances go, like uh, JT Real Muto did a good job. He went deep as well. I was surprised a little bit by the booing of the Dodgers, the booing of Manny Machado. Like that was that made me smile. Um, the booing of the Yankees. That's come to be expected. And the standing ovation for Nolan Arenado. The Rockies fans did not forget, and that was a nice touch on their part. But um, what were your takeaways overall? Uh, meh. Yeah. That's how I felt about it. I mean, listen, I like All-Star. I like the baseball All-Star game. I feel like it's one of the games. It's one of the few games where they actually do compete, and they compete hard. Guys are looking to strike people out. Guys are looking to get hits off of pitchers they don't regularly face. I agree with you. With interleague play, they do face them, but they don't regularly face them. Um, So, I just, I I thought it was meh. Uh, None of the Astros showed up. Uh, You know, they didn't go. DeGrom didn't go. Buster Posey didn't go. I mean, I'm going to go into my rant in a little bit about, you know, the... 
players not showing up for the All-Star game. But, you know, I was impressed with Nathan Ivaldi. I, I, I thought he pitched really well. I mean, he only he only faced a few batters, but, you know, I don't, I don't see him enough. And I forgot, like, how live his fastball is and how much the ball moves. It was nice to see him. I thought he pitched well. I also didn't realize how good of a season Lance Lynn was having. Nine wins. Like, damn. He really is having, like, a great first half. Nine and three with a 1.99 ERA on the first place White Sox. Mm -hmm. Glass now and Cole should give him a call. See what stuff he's using. (laughs) Uh, You know, MLB tried to hype Otani. And I felt like that really just kind of was a bad, it, was, it, it, it just didn't work, right? Uh, we're going to talk about the home run derby, but I mean, he, he pitched, it, it was like, eh, his pitches weren't that dazzling. He got a couple of by people, but he didn't strike anybody out. He got up twice. I wasn't blown away by what he did. Kind of, in my opinion, it was like they kind of set this up for him to be the star and he kind of shit the bed on it. I would definitely call it a wet fart performance. Uh, I agree on that. But how about Max Scherzer? Let's give some depth to Max Scherzer. He went from not being on the team to being the all-star starter in the past, in the course yeah, of the week. Is, yeah, what is that? What is That's the other thing. It's like, how are, how are the people voted in not starting, like not getting their proper due? Uh, no. I, I didn't really get that. How even You know, it was, it was great to see Otani out there, but... Lance Lynn clearly has had a better, you know, start to the season. And what's this shit with people not going? Like, <laughs> we talked about this, you know, in passing during the week. Something's got to be done about that. Listen, if you're hurt, that's fine. But now, if you miss the All-Star game, you also get the next two weeks off. Ten-game suspension with pay. We'll give you the pay. We'll give you the time off you needed. We'll let you be with your kids and time home. And then you can come back refreshed. I don't see a problem with that. Listen, you played 84 games to this point. You should have worked it out with your manager in taking more time off. Just need you for one night. Maybe one at bat. Maybe two or three innings. There's no excuse. I don't want to hear it. And you're entitled to your opinion. Absolutely. I find that most All-Star games, if not all of them, are archaic. I mean, just seeing what the then NHL get rid of has... To- then get rid of it. Then get rid of the game. Then get rid of the game. Because you know what? A lot of these people have in their contract that they get bonuses and they get perks if they make the all-star team. If you don't play, what good is it? What good is it? The Pro Bowl's been a joke for years. The NHL has gone to three-on-three tournaments. Uh, the NBA All-Star Game, it's what, 198, 174 usually, like some shit like that. There's no, okay, no defense. Okay, but-, but let's let's set those up a little bit better, right? Football is played the week before the Super Bowl. And guys could literally end their career with a wrong move or any aggressive play. So yes, I agree. The Pro Bowl should be abolished, go to a skills competition. Okay? Now basketball, they have no excuse. Because they really should play hard. I mean, I remember back in the day when Jordan was playing, when Hardaway was playing, when Shaq was playing. Mm-hmm. They didn't play hard, but they competed for at least two quarters. They're not competing at all now. So, yeah, get rid of that shit. But, yeah, if you're, if you're not going to play, if you're not going to go, then you're either going to have to do some uh, community service 
you're gonna have to sign autographs at the at the event and after the event, or you get suspended for ten games. This is bullshit. This is supposed to, you know, push the sport. I would never. I'm not. I would never pay to go to an All Star game now because I don't know who's gonna show up. I want to see the best players play against each other. If they can't do that for one night, then screw it. No, you're you're absolutely right, and that's why if you're gonna do it you do it like a skills competition because if you look right you're trying to you're trying to determine who like the goat is right like who's the best at this who's the best at that more often than not especially in the baseball all-star game it's a game of standing around baseball is inherently not an active sport it's a reactive sport right so have that have like a game of horse or something where you have to hit the ball in a certain way or have like a target shoot with the baseball. Like have like a guy like Vlad jr. Or somebody with a, like a cannon for an arm. You have to try and hit a target like they do with, uh, with the quarterback club, right? You have to hit that certain target from a certain amount of distance away. Fastest skater competition. You wouldn't tell me, you wouldn't tell me that wouldn't translate to Major League Baseball, home to first, who's the fastest? Like a, a guy like Billy Hamilton, like that would be that would be super interesting because then you can actually have like match races and you can answer the questions. Oh, who's actually the fastest guy? And you know, it's one of those things that Major League Baseball and sports in general they're never gonna shit can the entire thing because it is an honor at the end of the day. Well, then fine, just keep it as an honor. Name the name the team, and then just do a skills competition. I am fine with that, but it's now been lumped, right? And I find this really interesting too. This year, I don't know if it's going to be permanent, but they've now lumped the Major League Baseball draft into this, so where to where that is the opening event for your All Star Weekend and. Frankly, they have a lot of work to do with that, too, because nobody gives a shit about the MLB All-Star Game to the point where, as I mentioned to you the other night, they're hosting it at 7 o'clock on a Sunday night. Like, what? Who are you like, Who are you catering to? And yes, you're like, great, Jack Leiter, he went to the Rangers. Kumar Rocker went to the Mets. He might end up pitching for the Mets this season. But again, 7 o'clock on a Sunday night, are you fucking kidding me? And that that's a change that needs to be made. As far as the game, like I can do without it. Do the home run derby, do a skills competition, and then give the players the rest of the week off. Like I'm fine with that. But you know, if if you are going to continue with the game, I say, you know, you you bring up a good point. There should be teeth, there should be consequences to what's going on. Yeah, I mean I, I did like the game when it counted. That was cool. They did mm. that for a couple of years. I did I was a fan of it. I thought it was great. Uh, but it, if if you're not if you're not gonna go and play in the game, then what's the point of having the game? That's my whole thing. It's like you guys are getting days off afterwards. Like they're they're off today. They're off tomorrow. So what what you get? You got an extra two days, three days. But especially in Degrom's pace, it's like, dude, you're a pitcher. You don't play every day anyway. Uh, and I like, granted, you're coming back from injury. It, two times. It, it doesn't hurt to show up show up you don't want to play in the game don't play in the game but at least show up sign some autographs for some people like come on man push the sport 
but you know you, you talked about having the skills competition that's fine but you know baseball's interpretation of a skills competition is a home run derby um i actually watched the whole thing this year for the first time in a long time but what what did you think about it well first off congratulations to pete alonzo who is an animal Let's just put it this way. He's a polar bear, uh, actually. He is a polar. He is a polar bear, absolutely, and he's living up to his species when he is mashing baseballs left and right. Thirty-five in the first round, and he lasted through, knocked off Juan Soto in the second round, and then beat Trey Mancini in the third round in order to claim his back-to-back crown. And I will put some respect on your name, Pete. The back-to-back reigning, defending home run derby champion overall it was entertaining i like the changes they've made rather than waiting for 10 swings and you can be there for a fucking half hour it's timed you have your timeout. you can use it strategically i like how they've made the changes to make it a better watch on tv as far as shohei otani goes he was gassed in the first round and understandably so he and juan soto put on a show and it went to a swing off Soto hits three jacks in a row, and then Otani, just like in his at bat in the All Star game, grounded out. So you know that that is he. You could tell he was doubled over, hands on knees, and he was not putting it on. He was gassed, and this was a good field. Like they put together guys that you wouldn't necessarily think. Oh, you know this is going to be a, a crappy home run derby, but they did a hell of a job, and you know. Credit to the guys for stepping up and, you know, putting on a show for the fans, even though, even if the game wasn't as good as it could have been, this was something that you could tune into. Yeah, I agree with you. I like the format. I mean, they've been building towards this for a while, and I think they've actually finally perfect, perfected it. You know, the, the, the kind of the one-on-one competition, and, rank, and you're kind of ranking people. I like how you get extra time. I thought that was cool. But again, the story was Otani, and he was a big letdown. Yeah, it was nice that he took Soto to extras, but found found out he doesn't take batting practice. That's crazy. I uh, found it interesting, too. <laughs> that's fucking crazy. Uh, it was nice to see him take some, you know, take Soto to extras, like I said, but I really wanted to see him go deep into the tournament. I would have liked to see him take on Alonzo. That would have been cool at the end. I wanted to see like a Josh Hamilton or a Ken Griffey Jr. like performance, and he just didn't. He didn't do it. I mean, he takes the thing about him is he's taking level swings, and uh, you could tell he's he's just a good hitter, not a not a home run hitter. But uh, again, like you said, props to Pete Alonso for bringing respect to the Derby, right? Because mm-hmm. he clearly wants to be there. He's happy he won a back-to-back, and I'm sure he's going to be back next year to try to go for three. Absolutely. And did you uh, catch Marley Rivera doing her best, like, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone impersonation, trying to set up Fernando Tatis yes, versus... Yeah. Yes, yeah. That was beautiful. And that's yeah, that what we want to see. That's, yeah. the equ- fun, that's, the equivalent. that's the equivalent of trying to bait LeBron into being in the dunk contest. 
Right, like have fun with it. Like that's exactly what I want. I want fun banter. I want them talking to each other. Even like with Trey Mancini, like he thought he was gonna let Trey win. He's like, no, no, let's let him win. It's not happening. And Trey had a nice story to come back from his cancer diagnosis and to be compete and get and get all the way to the end there. What a great storyline! Like that's what it's about. That's what the All Star Game needs to be about. It needs to be like that. Ha- like I, I, the other thing I love about the All Star Game, just to go back is mm-hmm. i like how they talk to guys while they're on the field i love that i want to hear what chris bryant's thinking when he's playing left field i want to hear what al Albies is thinking you know about if if the ball's hit to his right or to his left that part of the game is fantastic absolutely it is and it definitely sets you up for the second half of the season and i would be remiss if we didn't go over that uh we missed one so Another one, as uh, we had a team no hitter uh, last week, so that is number eight, uh, number nine, actually. So that's a great job on your part. And oh, the yeah. Ra- the Rays no hit the Indians. The Indians have now been no hit three times this year. Ah. And my goodness, what the hell is going on? But. Um, also, we had a no-hitter called by friend of the show, Rob Adams, as the Hudson Valley Renegades no-hit the Brooklyn Cyclones. So congratulations, Rob. Good job. Um, what are you looking forward to as we're progressing into the second half of the season? Oh, man, I'm looking forward to a lot of things. Uh, you know, baseball is just, how could you not get romantic about baseball? Uh, I want to see if Otani can keep the home run pace, right? Because he, he has a chance to hit over 60 home runs. I mean, and potentially without performance-enhancing substances. I want to see Vlad Jr. chase the triple crown, but also chase the home run record. I'm looking, I want to see if the Yankees can lose their next eight games to the Red Sox. That'd be awesome. <laughs> awesome, because they're playing them eight of their next ten games. It's pretty crazy. And I want to see Rob Manford get diarrhea after getting a flat tire. <laughs> Tell us what you really think about that. Um, he did. You know what? I will give Rob Manford some credit. You know, I will, uh, you know, after the diarrhea thing, I'll give him a little wet wipe in that he announced that most likely nine hitting, nine inning double headers and the extra inning rule will be lifted next year. So, you Thanks, know, Rob. you'll get it. You'll get a nice wet one. Um, I won't apply it. You'll have to do it yourself. But uh, what I'm looking forward to most of all is the trade deadline, at least in the the forefront, because you have guys like Chris Bryant and Javi, Javi Baez and Anthony Rizzo and possibly guys on the Yankees that, you know, if they bottom out, will they actually reverse course and trade off a guy like an Aroldis Chapman? Not that he has a lot of value right now anyway, but maybe you know you can get something back for him but in the short term i am looking forward to that i also want to see how many more no hitters could possibly be thrown and i'm looking at these divisions right uh the indians are still hanging around even though they don't have police they don't have savali they don't have you know they don't have three fifths of their rotation that they and they've been no at. hit three times but and they, they still are in it they're still they're, like in they're, second they're, place they're still in it. They're still in second place. And will the White Sox come back to the pack? I'm interested to see how that goes. I'm interested to see how 
the Angels do once Mike Trout gets back, once the team is whole. They've been hanging around, kind of laying in the weeds, too. Are they going to be able to make a run? Um, as far as the American League East, like Ronald Acuna blew out his ACL. He's done. Like, what are the Braves going to do? So what the, the, AL, the NL East is not sewn up for the Mets. You still have the Phillies. You have the, the Nationals, the Braves. They're still hanging around. So I'm interested to see how that turns out. And as far as the NL West goes, like I want to see the, Do- the Dodgers and Padres when it counts. At the beginning of the year, yeah, that doesn't count as much, you know, in terms of you set it up, but now you really set it up for the meat of the season, the dog days. That's when you want to see these teams battling it out for the for the the NL West crown. And you know, these are the things they're really looking forward to as the season progresses. Yeah. One thing. Uh, no, go ahead. No, no. I was going to say, yeah. Those are. Do you so you really think the you think the Cubs are going to be sellers? I think so. I, I I don't know that they're necessarily willing to stomach being like in that one foot in, one foot out kind of thing. When you could get something for Chris Bryant, you could even package him with like an Alec Mills or some you know a Kyle Hendricks. To say the Mets, just throwing the, the, it out there, and you can get a better prospect because it's not a full rental now. If you rent Chris Bryant, you're not going to get as much for him as you will a controllable arm in addition to Chris Bryant. So I find that I'm going to find that very interesting to see what they do and what Jed Hoyer is able to get for some of these guys because they do need to rebuild. And they're going to lose some of these guys. I, I wouldn't bank on loyalty to the organization, especially since you're in need of so much. So I, I think they're going to sell. The Yankees are going to be the the Yankees are going to be the the one that I'm intrigued by because they're adamantly not they're adamantly not selling right now. So does that change? We'll see. But. Aaron Boone, we're going to see what he if he survives the season. Brian Cashman, he's got till the rest of the season. Do you want a guy, a lame duck guy like Brian Cashman making the moves? And right now it's just Tim LaCastro. And they even lost out on Adam Eaton. He signed with the, with the Angels. So we, I had him in the production meeting. I had him tailor-made for the New York Yankees to replace Brett Gardner in center field. And he decided to go to the Angels instead. So... Uh, Maybe he sees the writing on the wall. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Speaking of seeing the writing on the wall, the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Phoenix Suns 120 to 100 in game three of the series, coming back into it now. Now it's a bit of a series. They are playing live as we speak. Devin Booker, he 
you know, Stephen A. Smith's favorite player, Mr. Mamba Mentality, the next Kobe Bryant, struggled in Game 3. And do the Suns need a big game from him tonight in order to turn the page and start close the closeout process? I'm really not going to let this go. Stephen A's comments were just absurd. The next Kobe Bryant. Three for 14, one for seven from three, 10 points, barely played in the fourth quarter. What a joke. Um, do the Suns need a big game from him? You know what they need? They need CP3 as much as it pains me to say it. But that's what they really need. They need him to play extremely well. I think the extra day off should benefit him. Um, you know, this was the first game in Milwaukee. Booker played awful. And the Suns still only lost by 20 points. Yeah. So I think game three showed me that the Suns are probably going to win the championship. And CP3 is probably going to be the MVP. Oh, well, it remains to be seen. They're in the game. They're in the series now. It is currently 18-14 Phoenix. 217 left in the first quarter. So that's about right. It sounds about right. Um, PJ Tucker did not have a great game either. Uh, let's uh, if they're if we're going to talk about players that need to show up, PJ Tucker is definitely one of those guys that needs to show up for his team. Devin Booker defensively was awful shooting. He did not have a great night, so he needs to step it up for sure. Chris Paul is just doing what he does. The Sarge injury is definitely going to play big if DeAndre Ayton can't give you more than 24 minutes. But you need the, the depth, particularly depth of big men, is going to be taxing on the Phoenix Suns if they ever decide to stop jacking up threes like idiots and going inside against these guys like Giannis just did with a nice dunk. So nice job by Giannis on that one. <laughs> Uh, you know, even a blind squirrel finds a nut, but they definitely need their kids to play better, especially on the defensive side. Uh, the only person who was, well, actually, none of their starting five were in, were in positive in their plus minus. Everybody was, everybody struggled defensively, but Devin Booker definitely struggled the most. Yeah, I think Milwaukee's really going to need um, Middleton to get back to form if they're going to win mm-hmm. more games but like i said i, I they only lost they only, uh, the suns only lost by 20 and devin booker had a bad game you gotta imagine that he's gonna bounce back and maybe not have a big game but have a good game and it seems like the it's the, it seems like it to be the sun's year i mean especially if they could take this game which i think they're going to uh, they seem to be making the right adjustments. They, they definitely have the better coach. Um, that goes without saying. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll have to, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But uh, unfortunately, I do like their chances. Uh, so do I. They're just playing at a better level right now than the Milwaukee Bucks. But another team that needs to make adjustments is Team USA Basketball. They don't, they're only 12 days until their first game in Tokyo. And they took a couple on the chin. You know, it, they lost 90 to 87 to Nigeria, followed by another loss, 91 83 to Australia. Granted, they did uh, come back and they beat Argentina by one, the score of 108 to 80. 
what are we supposed to expect here? Has the world caught up to Team USA, or is this just a kind of a tune-up for Tokyo? Yeah, I don't think I don't think the world's caught up, but I think they're closing in. Uh, we don't have our best out there, but I mean, don't get me wrong. We have KD, we've got Dame Lillard, we have Bradley Beal, but I mean, you can't shoot bad in the final four minutes of a game with that group, right? I mean, if you, if you got to call Jamal Crawford or Steph Curry or get Coach K back, you know, do that. But I would assume that they're going to improve their play. Um, yeah, I, I, I would, I would say it's a little concerning. Uh, maybe to the point where they might not get a, a gold medal. They might get the silver or the bronze. But, you know, this is what happens when you don't send your best over there. And this also, this is what happens when you know, they, they just finished playing a season. I mean, these guys are pretty tired. And they're still waiting on, I think, three players in the finals that are supposed to join them after this. I think uh, Middleton, Booker, and I want to say CP3 are going to the are going to uh, play in Tokyo. So um, I think that's where we stand right now. I hesitate to say that the rest of the world has caught up to Team USA, but they definitely are catching up. Nigeria has seven NBA players on it. Australia, I think, has six NBA players on it. Uh, the only team that it doesn't have has a dearth of NBA players so far has been Argentina, and they had to uh, dust up, dust out the uh, corpse of Luis Scola. So they at least had one person. But uh, they just beat them today, right? Yeah, uh, it was uh, yesterday, I believe. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they they still had a um, a player. So. You know, there are there are roster spots taken up by NBA players, and it shows you the global influence of the game. And just look at the MVP. Like you had Jokic, you had Giannis, you had international flavor to that. You know, there there's plenty of international studs out there. Luka Doncic, another player. Uh, I think the only real like. You know, Chris Paul and Trey Young were probably the only two legitimate American-born MVP candidates. This is a throwaway year for LeBron, you know, for the most part. So, but he can he can win it regularly every year. But you, there was way more international influence this year. It shows you that they are playing a lot better. Even a guy like Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray was doing great. He's Canadian. So he was doing great before he was he was out. So, you know, it, it remains to be seen if they can take it to that level and actually knock the USA off of its perch. But it's getting closer. Yeah, I think in the past we'd say no way. But I think now it's like, hey, it's possible. I would be surprised, right? And that's where I am right now. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. You know, you've taken this kind of uh, nonchalant kind of approach every year, and these guys want to win. These other countries want to come in and clip you and, you know, take your head off, and you're kind of just taking this as a, yeah, I'll go. Yeah, I'll play. Why not? Sure. And most of these guys have been before, so it's not like, you know, they already have a gold medal. Surprisingly, I found out Steph Curry's never played on the team. That's really interesting. He doesn't have any medals. 
Well, it is a little bit surprising, but the way he plays and the fact that he is, he is not as big as some of the other guys, so it definitely is more of a wear and tear. So now that you mention it, it, it definitely it's surprising, but at the same time, not. Just for the simple fact that you know he's going to need the rest more than anybody, just because he takes a he takes a beating. Well, I think it's also because at least this year is because he's finally going to have like his team back, right? He's getting yeah, he's getting Clay back. He probably wants to rest up, make sure he's healthy. Draymond's not playing in the in the World Cup. He's going to they, they're trying to get healthy to make a push. So it, it does it does make sense. But you know what? A lot of you know. I'm not saying we don't have national pride. We have national pride, but you can see that the other countries are coming for us. I'm getting hungry over here. Should have cooked up some dinner. And if you're looking for a new cooking show to binge, check out As You Eat It on YouTube, hosted by me, Chef Z. I invite you into my home and show you what and how I cook when I'm off the clock as a chef instructor. You're going to learn fun recipes and creative methods to empower and inspire you in the kitchen and take it to the next level. Cook how you want to cook. Eat how you want to eat. Eat as you eat it. That's as you eat it. Available only on YouTube. AZ, you eat it. Check it out and let's get cooking. On uh, championship that just ended was the Euro 2020 championship. Italy took on England, beat them in PKs, but a little controversy coming out of that. So what's the bigger story for you, the victory by Italy or the racial backlash? First and foremost, it is the coaching decision by Gareth Southgate to bring in Marcus Rashford and Jaden Sancho with about, what, five, ten minutes left in extra time? So at the timing of it is definitely an issue because you definitely need time to kind of get your feet wet and get under yourself and kind of avoid the butterflies, you know, or at least work the butterflies out. Um, credit to Italy for coming back. They were down the second minute into the game, into the match. So credit to Italy for, you know, staying in it and staying aggressive and, Bonucci scoring in the 67th minute, so nice job on that. As far as the PK goes, distant cousin of yours, right? Oh, Bonucci, yeah, yeah. You know, he's a, he's a paisan, just like me. But um, as far as that goes, the decision to put Rashford, Sancho, and especially the kid Saka, uh, 19 years old, it's got to be one of the biggest moments he's ever played in. I, I know he trains in Arsenal, but come on. Like that's a big stage and it was definitely going to bite them in the ass if it didn't work and it didn't work. So the race, the racism, it's not surprising because soccer is constantly having to deal with issues like this, but credit to Italy for taking advantage credit to England for making it this far. Jordan Pickford in as uh, not He's a world-class keeper, but I don't know. I was not impressed by his performance in the PKs. And ultimately, Gareth Southgate set this in motion by not getting them in the game sooner. And ultimately, I'm not surprised by the racism whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, 
I um I don't know a lot about soccer. I mean, I watch it. I don't know a lot about it. Um, when I watched the whole game, and mm-hmm. I was surprised that he made the substitution, but there was part of me that understood it because twofold, right? And I I didn't see any of his post game interview. I don't know really what he was thinking and things like that, but. You know, one of the things I thought about was I think his guys were exhausted. I think his players were exhausted. He was trying to get young guys in the game, and he was comfortable with them being put on the spot because of how talented they are and how young they are. Now, yes, did it not work out? Yeah, and we're gonna crush him for it. But if it did work out, we'd be like, man, that was a good idea to get your young guys in there. Because, you know, they, they hadn't been running up and down playing a defensive game against Italy the whole time. Uh, I mean, Italy really needed this one, right? I mean, the mm-hmm. country was decimated by the virus. They didn't, they hadn't won, they hadn't won the Euro Cup since the 1960s, which I didn't even know about. They were down one nothing from the beginning. They came back to tie the game and then win in PKs against England in England. I think they only allowed a thousand Italian fans into the stadium. <laughs> I, listen, I know, I know you were, you know, kind of shitting on Pickford, but I actually thought he played very well as a goalie. Uh, you know, he was taking a barrage of fire from the Italians uh, during PKs. You know, anything can happen. It sucks that when you know, you play this long game, this great game, and, and it all comes down to penalty kicks. Uh, you know, I, I unfortunately I do think the bigger story is the racism that took place and the, the attacks that were made on these players. I know Rashford had a mural that, of his vandalized. Mm-hmm. This, this guy he he feeds young children with some of his money. Uh, local hero there, uh, and and call me ignorant, but I I really didn't know other countries dealt with racism the same way we do. I really didn't think so. And it's clear that it's clear and present there, and it's sad. It's sad, really, because they're young players, and and England never delivers anyway. So you know, <laughs> like they never win. So you know, I I, I felt I felt terrible for the guys, but a nice win for the Azuri. Absolutely, a big win for the Azuri. But um, yeah, Marcus Rashford, he's also out now. He's out with shoulder surgery too, so he can't even go play for Man, Man U. So we'll see how long it's going to take for him to get back from that. And who knows if, you you know, this is a scenario where you may not recover mentally. It's on the grand stage. It's in the finals. Yeah. 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 Some some guys don't make it back. But it's one of those things that it, it sounds crazy, but be thankful that you are not in like Argentina. Right yeah. or another yeah. soccer a seri- country, a serious, a, a more serious soccer country, right? where, where they fucking killed people. They would have killed, because, yeah. Yeah, they they killed, killed his family. Yeah, you're right. But that—that's the first thing I thought of once once they lost. I'm like, they got to get the hell off of this pitch now before <laughs> something happens. And I was talking about the Italians, and I was talking about the English. So it's one of those things that you know, soccer, you know, soccer hooligans get a bad rap, but for the most part, it's deserved. Three so, misses in a row. I mean, three misses in a row, man. That's so, tough. I mean, credit to the Italian goalkeeper, though. He, I mean, two of them were stops. The last, uh, the Pickford one. I mean, not the Pickford one. The, uh, the Rashford one, where he just he had him beat. He just clanged it off the post. That's going to be something that keeps him up at night. And that's one of those things that you know, that that's a moment that he may never live down. And 
the England fans are making sure that he doesn't live it down. But we're here to praise Italy as well. England wanted to bring it home. Italy is bringing it home in 30 minutes or less. Bring home to Rome. Yes, sir. You can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Popstars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. not bringing it home however is the notorious no no notorious you can't spell notorious without no conor mcgregor lost in the first round of the ufc 264 main event against dustin poirier due to dr stoppage he was lobbying for it to be dr stoppage rather than um injury so that way you know to feed the further narrative we were talking about Stephen a earlier he also sat down with Conor McGregor, who both made stupid comments regarding Khabib Nurmagomedov and uh, that he didn't do anything in the sports because he doesn't knock people out and so on and so forth. So McGregor made a proper ass of himself uh, during the build-up to this fight and Stephen A. continues to be a jackass. So yeah, where, I do, mean, we, yeah. Yeah, where do we go from here if you're Conor McGregor? I mean, listen, I've been saying this for years. Dana White, Conor McGregor, Floyd Floyd Mayweather, they're not in the fighting business. They're in the money business. This was all about money. They're going to make more money on a part three. They're just going to keep making money. I mean, as soon as he got hurt, he's down on the ground, ankles broken, legs broken. Dana White is sitting next to him with a microphone. And he's already talking about the next fight, the next match, and what he's going to do. And everybody's just looking their appetite and, like, can't wait. You know, uh, I would never pay to see his fight. I'm glad to mooch off of other people who pay to watch the fight, (laughs) and then I go sit there and watch it. But, dude, man, you got to know you're getting had by these guys. You're getting had. Well, I mean, it is a significant injury, so we definitely want to take that into account but if you look at the stats he he was out striking Dustin Poirier at the end of the first round but he wasn't doing as much damage Poirier had more significant strikes he had one takedown one or two for that so Conor McGregor was still you know not as comfortable on the mat as he would like to be but um, I'm surprised he felt that ankle with all the booger sugar you know (laughs) Uh, he's he's just a clown at this point but the people who like i said before the fans are the marks like they they got 
they're just wrapped up in this, you know? And I mean, the, the weird, the real winner in this is Dustin Poirier. Cause if he gets a fourth fight out of this, that is, that's good money. And it's even more if he gets the title shot before the what fourth fight. If, if it's going to happen, there's not a doubt it's going to happen. These guys are getting paid, paid. They got paid. And excuse me before I said part three, there will be a part four. Yeah, I guarantee it. And there'll probably be a part five and a part six. As long as people are gonna keep paying for it, they're gonna keep people are gonna they're gonna keep making these bullshit fights. And and granted, I'm I'm not trying to say like you know he didn't really get hurt. He got hurt. Trust me, he got hurt. But oh, he got hurt. It's it's the same game. It's the same game. Same game. It is. And you know what? It is really sad that the UFC has gone to these super fight cards, and it really has wrecked everything that they had built prior to the Fertitta sale of the organization. Well, wreck how? How? They're still making a ton of money. That's the whole thing. Is like you're, you're talking about it as if they care about the sport and they care about the fighting and they don't. They care about the money. It's all about the money and that's it. It's getting to be like where boxing went. You know, that's where it's, that's where it's headed. Right. It's a clown show because they have actually taken away from that and they've gone more towards the wrestling instead of more the legitimate fighting. I mean, I hate to sound like an old man, but my favorite fighters are Randy Couture and Matt Hughes. Right. Right. All time. Those guys went in there. They went to war. They didn't sell it. They didn't sell the fight. They didn't do jack shit. They went in and they fought like men. But the problem, but here's the problem is like you are a person that seriously appreciates fighting and you seriously appreciate the sport, the UFC sport. Now you're going to tune in and you're going to watch it hoping that a serious fight and serious things happen in the fight, right? But then you have the outsiders, the people that occasionally watch it or occasionally interested, they're in for the show. They're in for the gamesmanship. They want to see him do. They want to see Conor McGregor do his walk. They want to. They want to see the, the, the how he comes down to the ring. They want to see what he says after the fight and before the fight. Like that's it. They're they're double dipping right now, and they're gonna double dip for probably the next five or six years until it's gonna become too much of a circus for the serious person like you. You're gonna be out. They're going to be left with the clown show, but by then Dana White and company will probably be gone, counting billions of dollars they made. That's for sure. And you know what? I mean, I've been out for years. Like, I've been out. Uh, I tune in to see Conor McGregor lose. Now it's that point. He's the honky tonk man. You know, we're both old school wrestling fans. He's the honky tonk man. He is the guy that you want to get his I'm lean, ass. I mean, I'm there. I'm That's the right. man. He's here with the Colonel. I'm just here with the Colonel, Dana White. And I'm just here. I want to see the fucking guy get his head ripped off. More or less. All right, boys and girls, you know how this game works. We have a statement. It's either more likely it's going to happen or less likely it's going to happen. More or less likely, Todd Gurley plays football in the 2021 season. Man, this is so terrible. This guy is 26 years old. He can't get a job right now. He had 678 yards last year and nine touchdowns. 
dude can't get a job. Running backs always get hurt, so I have to believe he's going to catch on somewhere. Detroit, Baltimore, New York, San Francisco. I have to imagine someone's going to give him a chance. But, man, how terrible would it be if he never plays football in the NFL again? I mean, for a guy as talented as he is, it's crazy to think that he could be out of the sport. But with the significant knee problems that he has, it's understandable. But I'm definitely going more likely as well, just from the simple fact that he can be a touchdown vulture now, right? He could be a John Kuhn. He could be a Michael Turner. He could be... He could be that guy. He could be I don't a, know. I don't know if you're going to pay him that money to be that guy. Because that's not the kind of money he's looking for, right? Because he's looking at himself as, hey, man, I had 678 yards last year and nine touchdowns. I'm 26 years old. I want a four-year deal, $40 million. Right? Not I went, that injury I, history, I went, I went to the Super Bowl. I had one year where I had almost 20 touchdowns. Like, I mean, it, I don't know. Yeah. And the Rams couldn't wait to move on. So it's like one of those things you could, that... You, you could talk about his arthritic knee all you want. He played in 15 games last year, didn't he? Pretty sure he played in almost every game. And there, I, I, you, you signed a one-year deal with the Falcons, and you showed up, in my opinion, 678 yards and nine touchdowns. You showed up. And I, that's what I think. So how is it that you, you can't even get a phone call from the Bucks? I mean, they take everybody. <laughs> That they do. They they definitely are. Uh, but Jerry, they're so Jerry, Jerry, Jerry doesn't want you. You can't get on Jerry's team. The Browns don't want you. You can't be a. You can't be a, a third with with Hunt in the gang. Hey, uh, You're trying to turn him into Shady McCoy at this point. Like, Adrian, a guy who never a, plays. Adrian Peterson's another guy who's unemployed right now. Yeah. I gotta imagine he's gonna get a job. Like, like that's he's the touchdown vulture. See, that's the guy you get for the touchdown bolter. He's at the, he's at the end of his career. This Todd Gurley is 26 years old, man. Yeah. Well, there's one team that, I mean, if we're talking Todd Gurley versus Adrian Peterson, like if I'm the giants, I'm taking Adrian Peterson. Cause I know Saquon Barkley is not going to play. Yeah. So I would rather have him. And I know he can carry the rock than a guy like Todd Gurley, where one bad step, he's probably out. Uh, I do find it interesting though, that, he had, he didn't get a call from the Chiefs. Like yeah, you're telling me, right. you're telling you're telling me, Le'Veon Bell could end up on. You know, he he's was a part of that team last year, and Todd Gurley can't fill that role. Right. With a better saying. with a with a better attitude than Le'Veon Bell. Or how about how about the Steelers? You know, mm-hmm. you, you got you Not, got, a, you got Najee Harris. Yeah, you got a, you got McFarland Harris. You, you got a lot of backs, but you don't got a Todd Gurley. Bengals? Tell- Texans? Yeah, Texans? Keep going. Keep going. I, I mean, I just... <laughs> there's so many... Denver Broncos? Denver. Melvin Gordon? You, you sticking with that? I, uh, what about the Seahawks? You're telling me they couldn't use them with Chris Carson? But, yeah. you know, they, they, Chargers. They, Chargers? Who's their, who's their running back? Austin who's Eckler. Running? You can't Eckler. use a Todd Gurley? No. The Arizona oh, Cardinals but, went out and got James Conner for crying out loud. You you talk James Conner over Todd Gurley? Mm-hmm. James Conner's awful. He's awful. And J- I would argue James Conner's injuries his injury history is worse because it's been concussions. Yeah. Come on, really? 
I don't know. Minnesota, Minnesota, Dalvin Cook gets hurt every year, every year. You need it. You need it. Todd Gurley? Uh, you know what? I'm, the more I'm thinking about it, the Raiders. Yeah, but they went and got Kenyon Drake. I thought about the Raiders too, but they got Kenyon Drake, and they're really going to a two-back system. Mm. And they, I think they still have Richardson. But, yeah, yeah, why not? Why and not bring him in? Why, why not bring him to camp? Let's see how it works out. Mm-hmm. He can't but, even get into camp. Well, here's the thing. We're not in camp yet, and we're going to start our previews next week, boys and girls. Tune in for that. But the injuries happen, right? So he may end up being a Chicago Bear if Tariq Cohen can't post. So we'll see what happens. It, we're not we're not there yet. And I think his his market will develop further into camp. So he will definitely break camp with a team, just not yet. More likely or less likely, number two, Dak Prescott has a better year than Matthew Stafford. Shit, he better. <laughs> He better. No, but I'm going to actually say less likely because Dak is coming back from a, a really bad leg injury. His offensive line is not what it was. And the Rams didn't get Matthew Stafford just to hand off the ball. I expect to see Matt Stafford light it up this year. If he don't light it up, well, we, well, we already know what's going to happen to Mc, McVay and Sneed. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd say less likely. I mean, that that's that's where I'm going with that. Well, we already know what's going to happen to McVay and Steve just from how they bungled the, the draft pick situation and the cap. So, you know, they they have a, their next first-round pick, I think, is in 30-06. So, good job, Les. Way to go. Um, it needs to be. No, you're absolutely right. It needs to be based on the expectations. You're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. That's like being the starting center fielder for the New York Yankees. It, it, it's like being the goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens. Ah, has... Brett Gardner status. Gotcha. <laughs> exactly. Well, it what used to be. It used to be. Oh, sorry. Aaron Hicks status. I got to be hurt and never play and make so much money. Is that it? Jacoby Ellsbury. Jacoby Ellsbury. Jacoby Ellsbury is legendary. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, honestly, I'm going to go less likely as well. Matthew Stafford is healthy. Matthew Stafford is in a better position. I would rather, I would argue that, you know, having Mike McCarthy as your head coach is not a great thing for Dak Prescott. Like, yeah, year two in this offense, you would hope that you get a better performance, but I just, I don't see it. Like, this Rams team, as usual, is built for speed and is built to go. Matthew Stafford fits it better than Jared Goff. He's got a better arm than Jared Goff, and I think he will do better than Jared Goff. Dak Prescott, he has to contend with the Giants, with the Redskins, even the Eagles. The Eagles, I think they will be better than people think they are. So, I don't know. I think Dak Prescott will have... Uh, he'll have to fight back from farther back than Matthew Stafford, and I don't know if the other guys around him are good enough.
Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to teespring.com, type The Fade Store into the search bar, and have access to our sweatshirts, t-shirts, long-sleeve shirts, tank tops, and much more on the way. That's teespring.com. Type in The Fade Store at the search bar and show your boys some love. Rep the Fade Route brand only at the Fade Store, only on teespring.com. Order up. All right, boys and girls. It is now time for us to order up. Order up, order up. This week's order up topic is the top five championship wins from the past 10 years. So that's 2011 to 2021. From five to one. Who you got, Dick? All right, I'm going to start off kind of weird. Uh, I actually have number five as the 2018 Washington Capitals. I mean, after years of frustration, like one of the best players in the game finally brings it home. It's always nice to see the best players in the sport win the championship. And Ovechkin, uh, you know, was able to do that in 2018 for Washington. Uh, number four to me is the 2015-2016 Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers. LeBron comes back to Cleveland, joins forces with Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving, comes back from a 3-1 deficit to win Game 7 on the road in Cleveland. Kyrie may have made the game-winning shot, but LeBron had the game-winning block, chasing down a fast break and blocking a layup by Andre Iguodala from behind. I still think that is one of the best plays in finals history. Uh, number three for me is going to surprise you. It's the 2010-2011 Dallas Mavericks. Dirk and company bested the Miami's big three in six games. And he did this with Jason Kidd, Jason Terry, and Sean Marion. After being down 2-1, Dirk put his team Superman cape on and won three straight games. One of the most impressive championships of my lifetime. Seriously. Uh, I think we both share this one. My number two is the 2016 Cubs. They ended a 108-year drought to win the World Series, beating the Cleveland Indians in seven games. Theo Epstein famously ended the Red Sox drought. Then he goes and ends the Cubs drought. The dude has the best championship rings in the game. And then number one to me, he should be on your list too, is the 2016-2017 Patriots. They came back in the Super Bowl from 28 to 3 deficit to win in overtime. We will never see anything like that again. What's yours, Z? Well, this is very interesting. We have four of the five <laughs> as the same. Yeah. So we're but we're you know, we're 80%. We're 80% uh We didn't equal. plan that. We no, we didn't. That. We did not. The orders are different, but 80% of our lists are identical. For me, number five is the 2011 Dallas Mavericks knocking yeah. off the big three. It's and huge. You know, it is. It's huge. And it's definitely not three, not four, not five. Set you up for two. Two. Two is not three. Two is not four. Two is not five. So, you know, LeBron was right. So in that, in that goofy kind of math way, he was right. Number four, I have Ovi getting his first cup, 2018 Washington Capitals knocking off the expansion Vegas Golden Knights. That's so, crazy. <laughs> number three, 
And this is where we differ. I have the 2014 World Cup, Germany beating Messi, Higuain, and Di Maria, beating Argentina 1-0 in the championship. Number two, the Pats coming back from 28-3 to beat the Falcons in Super Bowl 51. What more have what more can I say about that game? But I w- I knew the Patriots were gonna win. I was in a room full of fans rooting against them and rooting for the Falcons. And I'm just laughing my ass off when James White scores. Like, I am laughing my ass off when they win. Like, do not poke the bear, people. Like, Listen, I'm, I mean, I'm a Tom Brady fan, but I did think when he threw that pick six that the game was over. But then I knew the tide was turned once there was the strip fumble. That's when I knew, oh my God, they're really going to do this right now. And that Edelman catch, I mean, holy shit. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But we're never, we're never seeing anything like that again. No, no. absolutely. And that no was way. the first game to ever go into overtime. The first ever Super Bowl to go into overtime. So like, that's history right there. But for me, hands down, you break a 108-year-old curse, you're number one on the list. And that's after Arobis Chapman tried to give it back to the Indians with that Rajay Davis home run in the ninth inning. The 2016 Cubs are at the top of my list. You cannot buck the Billy Goat curse and not be at number one, in my opinion. But, you know, we were picking at 80% uh, an identical rate, so it is what it is. But that's our 5-1. to one. What's your 5-1? to one? Hit us up. Fade route mail at gmail.com, fade route podcast on IG, or on Twitter at fade route DNZ. And let us know what your top five is. This has been the fade route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.